0: Welcome to the Weekly Skeptic, episode 42. I'm Nick Dixon here with Mr. Overton Window, Toby Young. Coming up, Andrew Tate finally gets charged, Wix gets boycotted for going woke, and Howard from Take That gets cancelled. Who had him on their bingo card? Plus loads more stories, and of course, peak woke. But Toby, I thought we should start with our friend the Top G, if only so we can name the episode after him, because those are always our most successful episodes when we put Top G in the title. But um, our friend Andrew Tate... not particularly your friend but my friend of course has been charged finally and it's all a bit dodgy and a bit Romanian so he's been charged and 380 million US dollars has been taken from the Tate Brothers in cryptocurrency, 15 luxury cars, 14 luxury watches and 15 lands of buildings. I'm not totally sure what that means, maybe you can explain that to me but and the strange thing is the judge hasn't even reviewed the case file. This is just They've just charged him because it was going to elapse if they didn't, is my understanding. And they've just seized a load of stuff from him. It seems very sort of classic, sort of dodgy country. I think if this happened in the 80s or something, we'd say, yeah, that's Romania, they're a bit dodgy. Because it's Tate, lots of people want to believe it who don't like him. But I find that very questionable. But um, And I'll just quickly find what Tristan said, his brother, of course. He said they finished the investigation, inverted commas, progress at last. These 15 months have been hell on everybody I care about. If I were the police, I'd have ended the investigation after a week when the two girls were caught bragging about lying and discussing the future financial and fame benefits they would get by doing so. Nonetheless, the file will now officially finally be in the hands of a judge. This means the evidence will finally be reviewed. Up until now, no judge has looked at the evidence and even tried to make a guilty or not guilty determination. The case was in the hands of investigators who were fighting to keep me in jail so they could keep investigating. Horrible, I know, but the good part starts now. That's where he, how he's seeing it, and Tate made a reference, so I'm sure it's nothing to do with me being wealthy, referencing the $380 million. What do you think, Toby?
1: Yeah, they haven't actually um, seized any of those assets, any of that money yet, as I understand it. It's just um, that that'll be determined by the judge, and Tate and his legal team will have an opportunity to present their case to that judge, so that's in the what do you call it? Do You call it an indictment um, or the order that's been submitted to the judge, but they haven't started seizing his assets yet, as I understand it. Um, and um, but yeah, they, they 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 they've decided exactly what they're going to charge the Tate brothers with, um, and uh, as part of the yeah, it is an indictment, and as 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 part of the process, um, before putting them on trial, they're going to seize all these assets. And Andrew Tate has suggested that this may be part of the Romanian authorities' motivation. Um, But they do have a day in court before all these assets are seized and before they're charged, as I understand it, formally charged. So it's a sort of draft indictment that has yet to be signed off on by a judge. Um, there's another dimension to this too, um, which um, which is that it's possible that um, uh, Andrew Tate could be sued in the high court in Britain um, after four women have accused him of rape and sexual assault. And there's actually a crowdfunder that the solicitor acting for these women uh, has launched. Uh, they're hoping to raise £50,000 so they can bring the case um, uh, in a civ- it'll be a civil case, but they hope that um, just bringing the civil case, or certainly if they uh, win the civil case, that will prompt the um, CPS to uh, and the police to um, criminally investigate Tate for raping, uh, allegedly raping these four women.
0: Yeah, so we covered that on on headliners the the, the case brought in the UK as well. And people close to Tate had messaged me suggesting that was going to happen. And Tate actually retweeted that today, by the way. Annoyingly, I wasn't tagged. Could have got some followers there. But he retweeted my uh, GB clip talking about that and making my claim that it's a bit funny that I've been watching Tate for years when he had like 2,000 people watching him and stuff and he didn't get all this attention. No one was coming out saying he'd done anything then. You wonder like, oh, now he's famous and rich and has loads of governments that want to take him down. Funny enough, these people emerge. I questioned it. I mean, why didn't they emerge when he was not nobody, but someone far less famous? Mm, Just putting the question there. I mean, it is a bit like Conor McGregor's just been accused of rape. There's not that many rapists out there. I mean, every sports star now at a certain level gets accused of rape, like Ronaldo, Conor McGregor. It just goes with the territory. Like, yeah, you get a rape accusation. It's become absolutely standard. Now, obviously, rape does take place, and there are some wrong I just don't think it's every sports star and every public-facing uh, sort of braggadocio figure immediately gets accused of it. I find that qu- quite yeah. questionable. Well,
1: it's, it's yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, and it's certainly um, non-woke to question, to disbelieve survivors. You know, you see on T-shirts protesters saying, believe survivors, and it's supposed to be gaslighting these poor survivors by questioning their credibility. But it's actually... The problem is, it's a binary choice. If you believe the survivors, then you're effectively um, believing that the people they're accusing of having raped them are guilty, which flies in the face of the presumption of innocence, even if it's only in the court of public opinion. But you certainly don't want the courts to—you don't want the court's default position to be believe survivors, because that's tantamount to reversing the burden of proof and. Insisting that in the case of people accused of rape, they have to prove that they're innocent rather than the burden of proof being on the prosecution. Um, so, yeah, it is a tricky one. And I agree, it, it, it's wrong to um, uh, always, by default, believe survivors for that reason. Um, I guess you must be put in a difficult position by this, though, Nick, because it, it must be a bit of a dilemma for you. Because, on the one hand, you know, as these charges accumulate and these indictments uh, issued and the possibility of Tate, going, you know, and his brother uh, being tried, convicted, sent to prison, it, it begins to look as though you're backing the wrong horse. Uh, but on the other hand, as these charges accumulate and you know um, uh, things look bleaker and bleaker for the Tate brothers, so they'll have fewer and fewer defenders. So you'll stand out as the only sort of pundit out there willing to defend them and your stuff's going to get more and more retweets and they're going to become more and more you know, they're going to feel more and more warmly towards you um, but how do you, how do you, are you wrestling with this dilemma or are you just kind of all in on this one? You're not going to ever admit the Tate brothers are guilty of anything.
0: Well, it sort of reveals a difference in our thinking, Toby. I'm sure you're much smarter than me, but I don't think like that and never do. <laughs> I just think, what do I think is the truth? And I just say it. And people are always warning me to be more careful. Usually my dad or you, and I appreciate it. But actually, just not how I think. I think, do I think these people are innocent? Yes, that's it. I don't make a calculation. If I was to, I'd be like, Yes. I'll be I'll be like the only take supporter left, but they won't have any any luxury cars left to give me. They won't have any crypto left because the Romanian government okay, will take I, it on.
1: Fair enough. Um but um do you th- do you not think you might be suffering from anchoring bias, which is when you initially take a position uh on something when you know and then and then the facts change, um, but rather than change your position, um, because you're dug in you defensively just you know double down um, uh, is there a, is there, is there is there a risk of that happening in your case that as more and more evidence accumulates that actually the top G may be a bit of a wrong one you just you just you're unwilling to shift because you've just decided at a very early stage that he's innocent
0: certainly that could happen w- with people I don't think that's happening here. What I think's happening here is it's a time to hold your nerve because you say there's evidence. The judge hasn't seen any evidence. There isn't any evidence we've actually seen. What's happened is the media have given it more attention, more things. The remaining government has done a kind of shakedown. To me, when I see the fact that the fact they've ordered 380 million to be paid in crypto and they've taken 15 luxury cars, I just see dodgy country shakedown. I think in the past, we, we would have all seen that. If we'd heard about a figure like this, we know there were certain countries, oh, you don't end up in jail on holiday in that country, you might never get out. We've always known there are countries that... Now, we're living in a clown country now ourselves, but in the past, we basically thought Britain was a, a sort of just country, but we knew that other countries in Europe, let's say, and around the world were a bit dodgy. And I think Romania would be one of those where you go, okay, sounds a bit corrupt. Tate always said, that it's good, good, it's a corrupt country because he can just pay off the traffic cops if he gets a speeding ticket, but now he's seeing the bad side of that. So I think it's a time, actually, the opposite, Toby. Nothing's really changed. There is no evidence. All that's changed is the, they finally had to put a, a charge up rather than let this elapse. And of course, that's where people lose their nerve and go, oh, I don't want to be associated with this. But I just stay true and think and thinking that they're innocent. And the fact, that, the fact is, I believe Julian Assange was innocent. So it's not like I just pick people. It's not clear what side of the culture war Julian Assange is on exactly. You might say he's like an extreme lefty. So I just hold true to what I, what I believe. And you could call it anchoring bias, but I don't see why I should change because I don't think any real evidence has emerged that should make me change my mind. I mean, what is the evidence you've got other than the charge itself?
1: Well, well, I suppose the... Um, or just, just to clarify one thing, um, what's unusual about the um, Romanian authorities um, wanting to seize all of the Tate's assets when they're indicted... Um, It's not that asset forfeiture is unique to Romania, but in the United States, for instance, the FBI, the federal authorities can only seize a criminal's assets um, when they've been convicted of a federal crime. So it does seem a little bit unusual that, that they're seizing their assets on indictment rather than waiting to see whether they're convicted or not. Um, I suppose maybe they'll argue that it's a, they're a flight risk, um, but um, I imagine that um, evidence will be presented to this judge, who is the final arbiter of whether these uh, w- whether in fact they're prosecuted and their assets are seized. But I think it, it, the difficulty for the judge is that um, most of the evidence will be, you know, um, witness statements from. Women who claim to have been trafficked, abused, exploited, raped, etc., and it's a question of whether 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 he finds their witness statements credible. I don't know if, as part of the process, they'll actually be summoned before the judge, but I wouldn't have thought so. I imagine, you know, it's a, it's a desktop analysis he'll have to do. Um, but yeah, so you know, um, it'll be it'll be difficult. He'll have to decide how credible. Uh, he finds these various witness statements.
0: I've always found the trafficking charge particularly ludicrous. As Tristan points out, you know, he, he was already famous, he was already rich, and then he just started a trafficking business. You know, it just seems so absurd. And he and he talks about how insulting it is. He's got a daughter and stuff. You know, watch the, watch the Patrick-Bett-David interview, first with Tate, four and a half hours, and then the Tristan one, which is about an hour. Just a super articulate guy. I, I find him totally convincing. This idea, you know, this idea, they're just... They're, they're they're controversial. They say the things you're not allowed to say. They're rich. They're they're loud. It's, they're an easy target. And then there's a massive gulf between that and human trafficking, which it takes a certain sort of person to do, which I don't think they are at all. And um, well, it may, may, maybe, defini- maybe
1: maybe the definite maybe maybe the maybe the definition of being a human trafficker is much broader than you're imagining. I mean, if if maybe if um, if they're guilty of um, uh, paying for a woman to enter Romania with a view to working in a kind of webcam factory um, and there's a degree of coercion involved, maybe that's classed as sex trafficking under Romanian law, even though they haven't actually deliberately set
0: about to create a sex trafficking business. It could be something like that. One thing that's that's possible, one thing that's quite weak about it, I need to check the exact details again, but Tristan was saying in his, his interview you know, why am, Why did I go to jail? Basically, it's guilt by association. There was only like one charge against it. I can't remember which charge he was involved with. There's only one. Th- I can't remember anyway. I don't remember exactly how it breaks down. But you look at it, it's mainly on Andrew. And you go, why is Tristan in there as well? And it seems to be just because it's his brother. And, you, you know, he just—they just it's just a PR stunt of getting them both. And I'm, I, it's a bit strange that they just bring him in as well. And he did say, look, if Andrew wasn't this famous, you know, I could be blaming Andy for going to prison because I wouldn't have gone to prison without him being this loud and this famous. But he goes, but then he's my brother and it wouldn't be right if I wasn't in. And if I wasn't in prison, I would demand, I'd break in and be, demand to be put in with him. So it was pretty, you know, they've got an incredible relationship. I mean, aside from anything else, that's one thing we can all agree that his relationship with his brother is amazing. And I wish we all had that relationship with our brother, but they're just totally, you know, on the same page. And to- it's, it is an amazing relationship, whatever you think of them. But... Yeah, you might be right about the trafficking. I mean, Lucy Williamson, this BBC person who's ob- absolutely obsessed with Tate, there's quite a funny video where they're playing the Mariah Carey song, Obsessed, and it's just her following Tate around and looking at him. <laughs> and she points out in her article, it could, it's, it will not start immediately, the trial, and it's expected to take several years. It's going to be this brutal, long haul. Tate talks about it. He's like, it's just the beginning of this war. You know, why couldn't I have had an easier life? Why do I have to say these things, but it's just how I am? You know, he could have taken his money and been a lot more quiet, But he just has to, maybe a bit like Trump, he just has to speak his mind and be out there. And he's just, now he's got years of this battle. It's it's not going away anytime soon. They're going to try and wear him down, take all his money. And it's just horrendous. And just the thing we touched on earlier is this thing about false accusations. Yeah, believe all women and then believe all survivors. Yeah, they completely, as you say, overturn the classic innocent until proven guilty. And we can't live like this. And many people have said, if you're going to make a false accusation, the other point is they undermine it for real victims, obviously. So if you're going to make a false accusation, many people have said you should face the same penalty as, as the crime would be. Have you ever heard that? What do you think to that?
1: Yeah, that's um, that's a controversial proposal. I guess the um, argument against that is that, um, that you know, um, the burden of proof before someone can be convicted of rape um, is extremely high, um, so it's perfectly possible that a woman who has genuinely been raped, and if the if if the if the deciding factor was just is there a greater than fifty percent chance that you were raped, then maybe. But given that you know um, it's it, the threshold is far higher than that, you can imagine. Lots of women who genuinely were raped but aren't able to convince juries beyond a reasonable doubt that they were raped would then end up going to jail. And knowing that ahead of time, rape victims would be much less likely to press charges against rapists. So it feels like you'd be granting rapists a bit of a get out of jail free card. Um, But um, I think if you lowered the burden of proof in rape cases, um, if you made it much easier to convict rapists, then maybe there would be a case for harsher penalties for vexatious um, complainants.
0: Okay, two things happened as you were making that really serious point. One, your internet froze, so I missed a large chunk of it. And two, Andrew Tate followed me on Twitter in real time, live on the podcast, as we're (laughs) talking about him, whether I want to be associated with him. He actually just followed me. How crazy is that? And he liked my (laughs) pic with him back at GB News, which I thought I had (laughs) deleted. I thought I deleted that, not because I was ashamed of it, because it's still on my Instagram but to defend Dan Wotton, because I thought yeah, maybe yeah, Dan yeah. doesn't want to be associated, because I'd mentioned that Dan booked him. I actually thought i deleted that picture, but Tate's like the picture and follow me. So there you go. So now I'm fully... Uh, so there's I,
1: no, there's no, 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 you're fully in, in bed with him now. There's no chance you'll ever abandon the big G. You'll go to the grave with him the now. The
0: top G, yeah. I mean, it, t- it, so Tate follows me now and Tristan. And so that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's, um, what can you say? I I'm, I'm in the brotherhood. I'm quite stunned by that Toby that's like a real time revelation <laughs> on this podcast because it's like what Yeah, like you now I've got to go full. I mean I was already all in I probably had the maybe like, what if they investigated me now and me and you Toby and we like sucked into the investigation that would be terrible yeah I
1: think yeah yeah, yeah I think yeah if, if 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 Tate starts praising you on Twitter and you know hailing you as you know um as another as, as another top G um you <laughs> might not be great for your career.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, he did. He did retweet the clip of me today, but Simon Evans was also in it. Simon Evans would be an un- unlikely candidate to be part of the okay. human trafficking. <laughs> well, that's a funny. Funny point about human trafficking in 1938. you'll have like, one of his obscure points. <laughs> 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 did you ever read? And it's obscure. Did you ever read this <laughs> <a laughs> obscure German philosopher? Human? Yeah. Okay. All right, Simon. But um, so it's quite funny. If I was part, I think they'll struggle with me because I live alone. And there hasn't really been a, ever has barely been a woman in this flat, Toby. So to, to actually say that I'm running a, a sex ring or trafficking anyone or do you know what I mean? It's it's tricky. I mean, as my ex girlfriend, but you have you have she yeah, might be in trouble.
1: I don't know. I guess it depends. <laughs> maybe maybe some of your ex girlfriends might um, come out of the woodwork and um, you know uh, maybe not accuse you of rape, but uh, of of being a less than gentlemanly um boyfriend or something. I oh, presume yeah. that won't happen, but
0: yeah. Yeah, he was annoyed once and he 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 looked at me wrong or yeah there's gonna be yeah that's what I can do. Now. In 2014 he said, what are you on about you idiot <laughs> something like that. Yeah that, this is the, this is the level yeah. now isn't it?
1: That sounds like that sounds like coercive control to me. Yes, classic uh, so, coercive so, gaslighting
0: well, yeah, um, he gaslit yeah. me into thinking I was mm. crazy because I didn't go along with his mm. right wing opinions. <laughs> I've been really nice. I hope my year of hell,
1: my year of hell, dating Andrew Tate's chief defender.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's not how he seems on TV. Yeah, the funny thing is, I actually, I'm <laughs> exactly how I seem, and I have no skeletons. I'm like Tate. Oh, that's a bad start. When Tate said he had no, he had no skeletons. <laughs>
1: that's what we're worried about.
0: <laughs> They'll edit that bit out. Tate said he has no skeletons. I have no skeletons, Toby. I just put it all out there. All my flaws are pretty much out there. You know. And they're pretty clear. I say them on national TV every night.
1: No skeletons because um, you've dissolved their bodies in acid. Anyway, <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you really found me to have any skeletons, Toby? Me? I mean, I'm just an just an innocent guy. I live alone. I'm just, you know, I'm just a nice guy, really. There's just nothing there. And that's the weird thing is that why do I defend all these people who have done far worse things than me, probably? I'm not saying Tate has necessarily, but probably the overt things he's admitted to are probably worse than anything I've done. So, you know... It's kind of weird that I do that, but I'm just yeah. compelled to do it what? somehow.
1: Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see now that you are officially top G adjacent. It'd be interesting to see what the repercussions are.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's find out, guys. You heard it here first, and uh, it's another. And luckily, the Tate trial is going to keep going for years and years because we can then keep calling our podcast "Top G this, Top G that," and it always gets clicks, Toby. So that is what's important.
1: Yeah. And maybe maybe now he's following you. He'll see you promoting this podcast, and he'll give this podcast a plug uh, on Twitter. And suddenly, we'll we'll burst through the fifty thousand mark. We'll 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 um, overtake um, uh, Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart as Britain's number one political
0: podcast. We need to start doing video. We need to do video clips, short clips, where we just talk about Top G. And we just praise him for like one and a half minutes. That's what we need to start. <laughs> just cynically. Well, you know what you should do. You you you, sh- you should you should you should say, can I interview you for my other podcast? Yeah, it's a good it's a good. You know, call.
1: James Dellingpole, Delling, James Dellingpole interviewed him for the Dellingpole.
0: He did. I remember listening to it back in. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I should. And the thing is, the only thing I'm embarrassed about is that my other podcast is quite. Even though it's a brilliant podcast that people love, and it's had Lord Frost and Andrew Dole and Andrew Vision, and all these people. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit low production value on the video side. So I, can, I can imagine it being a bit, you know, I'm being a bit worried about that. I thought about asking Tristan, but I thought he's, it's the last thing he wants. He's got so many people asking him. I just said, you know, I was just polite to him and nice. And I thought the last thing he wants is uh, more requests. But maybe I'll ask. They just did Patrick Bet Davids. Maybe I'll ask because they are now doing podcasts. Could be interesting. Anyway, sorry, guys. I was just thinking out loud on that because obviously that's a huge moment in my life probably the biggest moment in my life since meeting the top g that's one the follow is two i don't i don't know those are the two moments and then meeting toby is third um and then meeting will smith just below that um all right i think we've done enough on top g and we've got so many topics to get to we're gonna have to accelerate so uh let's do do you want to do megan and spotify
1: yeah megan and spotify let's do megan and spotify so uh yeah
0: I'll just find my little article. So actually, the quite funny thing about this is I wrote a satirical headline, Spotify to pay $100 million to stop Meghan Markle doing a podcast. And like, sometimes silence can be a powerful message or something was my subheading. But actually, now it's come true because uh, Prince Harry and Meghan's multi-million dollar deal with Spotify to end. And they've produced just one podcast oh series since signing with Spotify in 2020 for reported 20 million US dollars. And the update to it is... I saw it in Zero Hedge, was that this guy, uh, Bill Simmons, you can remind me exactly his exact role at Spotify, but he's somewhere high up at Spotify, called them effing grifters and said, the effing grifters, that's the podcast we should have launched with them.
1: And actually, I can imagine that podcast being quite entertaining. I mean, if if Harry and Meghan together did a podcast for Netflix called The Effing Grifters about, you know, um, how to make, how to kind of capitalize on your connection to the British royal family and your fading television career and your military record in Afghanistan. Um, uh, You know, how do we monetize that? Um, Let's interview our agents, let's interview uh, the people who's advising us on how to become influencers. That would have been actually a really entertaining and interesting kind of meta- podcast which I definitely would have listened to yeah and might have been a huge success for Spotify but yeah fact is um it wasn't that and as you say uh, yeah but oh, he was the head of podcast innovation and monetization at Spotify um at Bill Simmons so yeah he's he, he actually he should, he's a role model for us Nick um he's a sports writer who founded a sports and pop culture website and podcast network called The Ringer which he then sold to Spotify in 2020 for 200 million dollars. Anyway, um, he he um, uh, uh, it, it, one person has pointed out that, um, as you say, she was paid or Archwell Productions was paid uh, 20 million dollars for this podcast series by Netflix, and she produced a grand total of 13 episodes. She was she was effectively paid. What one point three million dollars per episode? I mean, that's actually pretty good money. Um, uh, As 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 grifters, you know, um, they're actually pretty successful. Um, People laugh at them and ridicule them, and clearly, their you know their star is now in the descendant, and um, they're going to be able to grift for much longer. But but as grifters, they've done pretty well, you know, which is why a podcast called the F in Grifters would 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 you know might actually work. Um, but yeah, as as, um, as a future uh, presidential candidate for the Democratic Party, um, as, a, as a media mogul, um, yeah, things don't seem to be working out too well for Meghan at the moment.
0: I know I, I'd actually said something, not exactly your, your point, Toby, but I said on the telly a similar thing that actually if it was a, a podcast about Harry and Meghan's domestic struggles... And how she sort of abuses him around the house, and sort of gaslights him, and manipulates him, and he's going like, "Why do you always do this, Megan?" And she's like, "What are you talking about?" Wouldn't that actually be quite a good podcast? Like, really, the nitty-gritty of their life, it, rather than all this sort yeah, of like and that, and maybe, nonsense, vague yeah, that, stuff about that, empowerment. So, so much
1: better. And maybe, maybe his, maybe you know, maybe the sequel to Spare should be called Surrendered, about what it's like being a surrendered husband, or maybe just abused. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And I still maintain. I told you I had my dream about Harry, didn't I? Sorry, all that tape stuff's still blowing up. I told you I had my dream about Harry where I tried to, you know, bring him back round and say, look, Harry, you can still come back. You just got to do this. And I still believe, I still believe to this day, if he just said, Megan's been abusing me, I see now she's a narcissist, all the signs were there. I can even see the interview, all the signs were there, but I didn't see it. You know what I mean? Now it's so clear. I was, yeah, I yeah. became a shadow of and my even, former knew, self. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was in an abusive relationship. I was a victim of coercive control. Um, he could then describe, you know, um, her her kind of techniques for terrorizing him, shouting at him, hitting him. I mean, I don't know if she's actually done any of these things, but it's not hard to imagine, <laughs> is it? Yeah,
0: let's be careful with the accusation. That we're, none of this is real. We're just saying, <laughs> yeah, let's be careful, yeah. what if it happened? Oh, I sent this to my friend, this tape, that tape followed me. He's written, do you need to change your underpants? Supportive friends, guys. Supportive friends. Maybe I do, but only because it's very hot in in my house. Um, So uh, do you want to say any more on Megan or do you want to move on to um, Howard? Let's
1: let's move on. That's enough on the effing grifters. Yeah, the effing
0: grifters. So let's do our friend Howard... From take that. I don't know. I'm just going to call everyone our friend today. <laughs> We've ne- I've never met him. Has he followed you? Um, has followed
1: you on Twitter too? Has he?
0: He hasn't <laughs> followed me yet. And if he did, he'd have to unfollow me now, certainly, because he's got in trouble for his t- liking <laughs> tweets, Toby. So he likes some tweets and they said things like only women have periods, men cannot menstruate, transgender women cannot menstruate, and various other things like that. Kind of, was some of them even about COVID. I need to check that. He was definitely liking stuff that was very much on our side and not on the woke side. But then he did the unforgivable and the thing that never works. And he apologized. And he said, I've made a huge error in my judgment, liking social media posts that are derogatory towards the LGBTQIA community. And for that, I am deeply sorry. And I know I've let everyone down. I'm really disappointed in myself and I'm sorry for any hurt that I've caused by my uneducated actions I clearly have a lot to learn, and it's a priority for me that I do this. Absolutely lame. He was the part I left out was he, he was cancelled from headline in his Pride Festival thing, and that's why he capitulated on. Obviously, not just that, but he, he was in danger of being kicked out by the whole woke elite. And he used some of the classic buzzwords, Toby. He used uneducated, it's always educate yourself. He used learn. I know those sound like a generic words, but they have been captured by the woke people i need to listen learn i need to educate myself etc etc howard you you did so well and then you climbed down and i I wrote a little joke about it i said howard from take that drop from pride due to believing in scientific reality ironically his, his apology is incredibly gay and it was toby a very lame apology what do you think
1: lame apology or generally it's a mistake to apologize that's the advice we give to people Uh, when they reach out to the Free Speech Union for help, which I'm afraid to say Howard did not do. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, I think, uh, well, I'll say two things about it. First of all, um, it seems to be following um, step for step um, the saga of Winston Marshall's um, departure um, from uh, Mumford and Sons. So Winston Marshall um, got into difficulty, was kind of piled on on Twitter for um, praising Andy Ngo's book. And Andy Ngo is a kind of conservative anti-woke warrior. Um, and uh, he, he, he actually apologized, presumably at the insistence of his bandmates who were worried that this would have a negative impact on record sales and ticket sales. So he apologized, but that wasn't sufficient. Uh, it never is. Um, you can never be too pious. Hurling yourself at the feet of the kind of cancellation mob just, you know, empowers them even more and gets their bloodlust up. And that's what happened in Winston Marshall's Winston Marshall's case, and he ended up having to leave the band. I imagine that um, Howard Tate, uh, you know, even Howard after, Tate. Uh, not sorry, what's he? <laughs> what's, what's he called? Donald, I think. <laughs> Howard Donald. Um uh, I imagine that um I mean do, whereabouts did his apology come? Was it um Instagram. before he'd been cancelled by Nottingham Pride or was it after he'd been cancelled by uh, Nottingham Pride? No,
0: it's after he'd been cancelled, yeah. I'm pretty certain. Right,
1: so it was after being cancelled. So I imagine the the reason he's apologised is in order to try and retain his place in take that. But if it follows the Winston Marshall pattern, he'll end up having to leave take that. Um, let's hope not. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say about this is that it just it, it, he he was accused of you know of making homophobic and transphobic tweets of um, saying things which made people in the LGBTQ ti plus community feel unsafe etc um, but when you drill down into what he'd actually said as you pointed out it was just making mildly um, uh, critical points about some of the excesses of kind of trans ideology you know Just being a member of the reality-based community was enough to, you know, force him to withdraw from Nottingham Pride. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that Pride is no longer about celebrating the LGBTQI plus community. It's just about the teas, isn't it? Um, It is now just a tea festival. Um, uh, The alphabet has been shrunk to just the T's and if you say something that offends the T's that's far far worse than if you say, I mean if he'd said something that you know offended lesbians if he'd said yeah I agree um you know um f- uh, trans women rugby players should be allowed to crush the ribs of women on the rugby pitch um th- he wouldn't have been kicked out of Nottingham pride for that you know offending the L's is irrelevant um you can do that till the cows come home but if you offend the t's or rather their kind of activist vanguard that's it you're finished because pride is all about the t's now it's not about any of the other people in the alphabet
0: that's exactly it and maybe we'll get onto that with, with some of the following stories but and i just want to clarify though that he the other things he said were there was a tweet that called for disney to be defunded after holding a pride event And another criticizing an inclusive menstruation campaign with the message only women can have periods. I mentioned that one, but the other one I didn't mention, he liked a tweet from Andrew Tate, since you called him Howard Tate, um, that said the only superhero a boy should have is his father. And another listing realities, including there are only two genders. COVID was a scam and obesity isn't beautiful or healthy. So he's fully on board. I mean, he's even more, he's probably team James, Toby. He's not even team Toby. He's like as he's like fully like COVID was a scam. He can't sustain, just like you say there. Now Winston can be forgiven. Winston Marshall also been on my podcast, the current thing, great guy. But he could be forgiven. It's quite. He is a
1: great guy, I should say, yeah. And he and he's, he's had a fantastic kind of resurrection since leaving Mumford and Sons, and is now a great podcaster and a you know part of the anti woke coalition. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and he he could be forgiven for. Apologising initially because he was, it was he was new to it. He wasn't a massive band, and it was a little bit earlier in this saga where it wasn't. It was cl- it was fairly well known, but it wasn't quite as clear that apologising is something you should never do. And he was under immense pressure. Howard also under immense pressure, but should probably know by now that you don't apologise. But still, he has. However, I agree with you that I don't think it will stick because I'm looking at the tweets he's like there. Can you really live like that? That I don't believe he can sustain it being that at odds with his public persona. If he believes that COVID was a scam, if he believes in biological reality if he believes that disney should be defunded how can he carry on in the woke world you know i think he might become the new right said fred i think it just might be too painful for him but maybe he'll capitulate but we know now from the disparity of, between his light tweets versus his pathetic public statement we know that he'll just have to go around everyone knowing he's living a lie i don't think it's sustainable
1: no i uh, i think it I, I i'll be i'd be surprised if he remains and take that um it'll be difficult um, difficult for him. Um, maybe, maybe, I, I, maybe he'll be able to rehabilitate himself by appearing on "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here" next Christmas. It sort of worked, even for Matt Hancock, briefly before Isabel Oakshot then handed over the WhatsApp messages to um, the Telegraph. Um, you know, it's amazing the the, the restorative powers of um, of eating kangaroos' testicles on the careers of kind of celebrities who've kind of screwed up in the public square. It's
0: true. My friend Shawman on there did very well. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe that's it, Toby. He just needs to eat a few testicles. Let's see. Should we move on and do this uh, Wix boycott?
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: Similar theme. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, shoppers threatened to boycott Wix after Boss says trans-critical customers are not welcome in our stores. This was COO Fraser Longden. There's a video out. He called them bigots, essentially, people who were gender-critical, and he did this very arrogant thing of saying that, oh, the people aren't really going to boycott; it's all hot air, and it's only a small percentage because they'd done some woke thing to start start all this rainbow thing. I don't exactly recall, but he started saying, "Well, these people won't really boycott," and then he started knocking out these percentages, which he admitted was sort of just plucked from nowhere. And he's like, "Oh, ten percent think this, and ten percent think that." It's like, no, it's ninety percent that don't like this stuff or more, ninety nine probably. So it, he was saying that he was saying that most of them won't boycott, and if they do. He said, if they do come in and buy a tin of paint and behave that way, they're not welcome in our stores anyway. So, basically, an arrogant ideologue who despises his own customers and deserves to go out of business was my take on it. I mean, he calls, he said, I don't think I'm going to change the mind of some bigots out there. And this was all said, this was all said to, was this in a call with Pink News or something? Or, or who was this with? It, I can't remember now. Something, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was, it was in a Zoom call that wasn't intended to be public, yeah. right? Somebody recorded it and then released it. Yeah.
0: And um, but it felt it
1: felt to me you called him a, a an arrogant ideologue. But it, watching the video, it felt more to me that he was pandering to these arrogant ideologues. But you know he was hoping to curry favor with them as a slightly older white heterosexual guy. He was trying to advertise his you know allyship um, in the hope of <laughs> I don't know um, winning their approval. Um, and uh, uh, and it just just. You know, uh, has 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 completely put his foot in it. He's the COO of the company, isn't he? Not the CEO. Yeah, I think David um, and it, uh, Wood but, is the CEO.
0: So, I don't know what he yeah, has to say.
1: Um, and it, it it it's um, but it's it's had a devastating effect on uh, Wix's share price. It's down if you it, this month, um, it's down nine point three three percent, and so far that's wiped twelve point three million. Of the company's net worth, um, uh, you know, it's like a kind of it's like a British version of the um, Bud Light debacle, and I think lots of you know lots of people who um, don't don't like being described as bigots um, because they're they're still in the reality based community um, are, are are boycotting Wix.
0: Yeah, and it's that's why it's significant. It's it's the first time that we're going to try and do that in this country, and it's like, can we go as far as? the Bud Light boycott and the Target boycott. And I was trying to just check the video to see what Pink News had to do with it. It says Pink News Trans Summit, so some weird thing. And um, The Sun describes it, Longden made the comments, amid an online trans summit. That's a weird sentence, amid an online trans summit. I don't know what any of those words mean, except amid um, an online, to be fair. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Why are they doing this? It's the same. Well, we know why they're doing it, because ESG, I actually have a story somewhere here, actually, that's relevant. Um, see if I can find it. Basically, I'm going to see if I can find it because ESG is such a powerful thing now. We talked about it before, Toby. There seems to be this unlimited funding that if you, just, if you just sack off all your customers, you'll be fine as long as you get the ESG people on your side. And it was a related story inside the crazy world of woke investing where tobacco is more ethical than Tesla. So Elon Musk called the ESG the devil. And it, uh, Tesla had a 37-point score but Philip Morris, of course, behind Marlborough, has had um, 84 and Chevron had 43. So an oil company and a cigarette company are more ethical. And why? Because they'd done more. Oops. Sorry, I'm all over the place there. I just knock my head- headphones out. Because they had a more diverse, they had token diversity, basically. And it's this cottage industry of ESG. Shocking, isn't it? Any thoughts on that?
1: It is shocking. Um, yeah, I mean, it just shows what a joke ESG is, and how it's all about kind of uh, greenwashing and wokewashing your kind of toxic product. Um, uh, as you say, you know, if, if you, getting a, a high ESG rating is really important to these vast multinational corporations, because it means that um, they'll receive uh, investment, because the criteria of these big investment funds is that we'll only invest in companies which have an ESG rating above a certain threshold. Um, and you can get that ESG rating above the threshold, even if you're an oil company or a tobacco company by by kind of um, higher, ma- making enough diversity hires. Um, uh, yes, yeah, So it, the idea that you know, uh, an electronic vehicle company has a, a lower ESG rating than Philip Morris. It just seems to just prove what a complete clown show the whole thing is.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right, that's the Wicks boycott. Should we go on to the related Lawrence Fox story?
1: Yes, so It's, um, it's related Lawrence, to both of them, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Sorry, it's related to Howard it and is, Wicks because yeah. it's about he burned the, the, the flag. It's just very much what you said about the tease over all the other... Letters because he burned this trans flag and people are sort of saying, oh, it's homophobia. And he's saying it's nothing to do with that. It's about child mutilators. I'll just give you a quick bit. So he said, um, my friend bought me some child mutilation bunting, meaning the pride flag. It got the treatment it deserves. It's a video of him setting on fire. And this guy, Matthew, it doesn't say his surname. He's at Torb's Talks. He seems to work with Lewis Goodall on that awful newsagent show from what I can gather. He says, I've submitted this video to the police as a hate crime. This man has got away with far too much for far too long. I mean, that is insane, isn't it? To, to submit that, whatever you think to Lawrence, and he does do some, he does do some very. He goes full Lawrence, doesn't he? But he says, "I've submitted this video to police as a hate crime." I mean, what a strange world we're in when burning that flag. People always gone about burning. They like burn the American flag, they burn the British flag, and they think it's cool. But you can't burn that flag. And uh, he hit back, Lawrence. I'm gonna. I, I sincerely hope that. Oh, and, and that's a, that's a different one where the police said they're assessing it. He said, um, I can't tell you how much I hope the police pay me a visit. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for reporting me. I very much look forward to him explaining to me that I've committed a hate crime by burning an icon to child mutilation, but the doctors who chop off vulnerable, healthy young girls' breasts and young boys' penises haven't. I'm done negotiating with the mutilators. I'm tolerant of pretty much everything, but child sacrifice is an absolute red line. You can call it gender affirming care. You can blackmail parents by saying, would you rather have a dead son or a living daughter? You can write articles about what a madman I am. I don't care and neither does truth because it's just that, the truth. People are fed up with having this rubbish rammed down their throats. If I believed in such arbitrary nonsense as hate crimes, I'd report you for supporting the destruction of young life. What do you think, Toby? Yeah, I mean, I
1: I think the police are unlikely to investigate it as a hate crime because um, the obvious way to respond, if they do, would be for lots of people who are sympathetic to Lawrence to film themselves setting fire to the Union Jack, which of course would never be prosecuted as a hate crime. And that makes the police look rather ridiculous. Um, and there was that there was that episode, what last year, um, which Lawrence Fox was involved with, um, in which um, uh, a veteran um, tweeted A symbol. I think that Lawrence had created. Lawrence had created a swastika out of the pride flag. I guess it was June 2022, Um, uh, and uh, and this um, follower of his um, retweeted it um, or tweeted it, and um, you know the police turned up to. Um, his house in force um, and threatened him with arrest if he didn't cooperate with their inquiry, their investigation into whether or not it was a hate crime. So I suppose it's conceivable. Do you think? Do you think Lawrence feels he has to kind of, you know, um, escalate just how shocking his behaviour has to be in order to kind of uh, whip up a kind of Ferrari like this? I mean, you'd think that it's whenever I see Lawrence trending on Twitter, and I think, oh, what's he done now? And I click on. Click on it and you know, he turns out he's burnt a pride flag. I kind of think, well, why is that triggering people? Why are people still upset um, by Lawrence doing something like this? I mean, you know, if Prince Charles burnt a pride flag, um, or you know, Caroline Lucas or Nicola Sturgeon, then I can see why it would blow up on Twitter. But don't people just price that in now when it comes to Lawrence? It's like. The whole thing seems like a kind of, you know, um, a dance. Which aren't we all slightly bored of watching? Um, and yet the other side seem more than happy to kind of play their part in this 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 kind of ritualized dance that we've seen hundreds of times before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't suppose I, I, I'd be amazed if the police actually do 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 investigate it.
0: Well, just to give you the the update on that, the Daily Mirror have written a very impartial article. The police have confirmed they are assessing a video of Lawrence Fox trying and failing to burn pride flags. Actor-turned-failed-mayoral-candidate Fox, 45, posted the homophobic and transphobic video on Sunday, sparking disgust and mocking in equal measure from social media users. So incredibly neutral from the mail there. Uh, uh, Sorry, the Mirror. The Mirror just full... I mean, in the Mirror, was my granddad's paper. He was always such a proud, working-class... Man, and he always said, "My paper, Nikki." I tell you what, did you see? Did you see my paper today? And he meant the Mirror. And I just I wonder what he'd make of the Mirror today. You know, my granddaddy was uh, grew up dirt poor and served in the army at sixty. And I just wonder what he'd make of it. But um, it's yeah, I, I find it so pathetic that, that yeah, okay, I mean, Fox Lawrence doesn't have to do these things. He does a lot of things I think are just unnecessary. But I do find it pathetic and bizarre that the they sort of showing their hand by. And I'm just thinking out loud here, but by reacting so, by being so triggered by the burning of this flag, I just think it's like so meaningless. But it just shows how much they do invest in that flag. And the idea that it could be a hate crime doesn't that just sort of expose them mm. as being religiously invested in the flag?
1: Well, I thought I thought in some ways the um, the uh, the episode this time last year that, that Lawrence was involved with, um, in which. Um, the veteran was investigated uh, for having potentially committed a hate crime because he tweeted this picture of the pride flag redesigned as a swastika. That was a better stunt because um, the point of redesigning the the pride flag as a swastika is to uh, make the point that um, it's become a kind of symbol of woke authoritarianism um, and it's beyond criticism. And if you do criticize it, you can get into trouble with the police. And lo and behold, the police turned up on this guy's doorstep for daring to criticize the pride flag perfectly illustrating the point that he was trying to make by posting the fly Pride flag as a swastika on Twitter. Uh, this is less clear cut, but it it it, 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 it 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 sort of makes the same point that it has become a symbol of woke authoritarianism. And it is now, you know, it's now considered beyond the pale to criticize Pride, to make fun of the Pride flag. We saw this again with the um mayor in the, what, West Yorkshire town. Um So I think we were going to, do this for Pete Woke. We might as well do it now. Um, So a mayor, a Muslim mayor um, in a town in in Yorkshire um, participated in a pride flag raising ceremony uh, in his town um, and then was criticized by um, some other, some fellow Muslims um, for seemingly endorsing um, a Philosophy and ideology that they felt was at odds with their religious beliefs, um, and he then apologized for having participated in the flag waving, flag raising ceremony, uh, and, and then he was of course there was this massive pile on. How dare you apologize um, because raising the pride flag offended some of your fellow Muslims? Um, and uh, a Tory MP, the local Tory MP, I think, I called, I think I think he's called Robbie Moore. Um, said on Twitter that, um, you know, he thought the mayor should not have apologized. That was completely inappropriate. Um, He should now consider his position, and he should certainly be investigated for misconduct um, by the local authority. Um, And lo and behold, the mayor has now resigned um and that again is a story which um which 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 shows that that it's become a kind of religious symbol it's like the crucifix in the 19th century desecrating the pride flag apologizing for raising the pride flag uh, saying anything remotely critical of pride is now sacrilegious it's blasphemy it's unofficial blasphemy and you will be punished um if you commit that blasphemy and lo and behold this guy's had to resign from his job
0: yeah just to recap the uh, earlier thing i thought the fox yes yeah, swastika tweet was a completely root one satirical point it was completely obvious everyone either didn't get it or pretended not to get it it's like why are you posting a swastika and it was obviously like a clear satirical point this has become the new fascism i totally understand people went mad about it i was amazed i thought it was a really simple point that wasn't a big deal but apparently it was uh, and then his flag burning thing, I'm similarly nonplussed, but I'm apparently not not the, the 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 norm. And and you've nicked my Pete Woke Toby. So yeah, we may as well go into it. Mohammed Nazim, we talked about this on Headliners uh, last night. I was hosting in Keithley, which Josh couldn't pronounce because he's not Northern. He said Keely. I had a friend from Keithley. so um, tough Yorkshire town. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It was such, this was like a classic fault line of the of the of the culture war the fact that a muslim celebrates a pride event and goes whoops i can't do that i'm a muslim i better apologize then gets canceled for that i mean it's the absolute minefield of that woke muslim axis it's absolutely impossible to negotiate i said that an actual minefield would be easier to negotiate um yeah and as you say the response from robbie moore the tory was absolutely pathetic and wet he said he was exceptionally proud to take part in the flag raising event really exceptionally proud to stand next to a stupid flag I mean, the guy's an idiot. So the fact that you get suspended from the Conservative Party from this is ridiculous. But yeah, some people said to me, "Well, it's just because he's had so many complaints." But it did. It was a perfect example of this problem with uh, with wokeness versus Islam, and, and it reminded me very much of this other thing that, that's been going viral, where the uh, Muslim majority council was elected in 2015 in Hamtramck. I don't know how you send it, it's unpronounceable. That Michigan, did you see this? And now they banned the <laughs> yeah, pride did, flags. Yeah. This was absolutely hilarious. And I said you know, you'd have to have a heart of stone not to find it at least moderately amusing. I mean, the, lib- the, sense, the, the the article headline was so funny. A sense of betrayal, liberal dismay as Muslim-led U.S. city bans pride flags. Who could have seen that coming? Apart from everyone who isn't a total idiot. So yeah, of course the values yeah. of Islam. But he was the mayor. To be fair, was he, presumably he was apologizing just for advocating homosexuality period which Muslims you know are not keen on many of them rather than the actual pride thing which is a very legitimate thing of you know the pride flag and all the weird trans stuff it represents what do you think? No, I
1: think he was I don't know I, I haven't seen his apology but I think he got into trouble for apologizing for having taken part in this flag raising ceremony i didn't know there were flag raising ceremonies i thought these flags just appeared overnight or they were you know on the buildings year round um but uh apparently in this in this unpronounceable yorkshire town there was actually a kind of you know the local worthies turned out um uh, and stood around as someone raised a pride flag um yeah. on a kind of clock tower or something.
0: i've seen the picture that um, was standing around
1: uh, and i think it Okay, and and I think it's it think it's been part of that ceremony that he's apologized for. Yeah, that's the um, literal thing. But my question to you like, is, you know, what,
0: oh, no, sorry, just that's the literal thing he's apologized for. But does that imply because I'm advocating gainers or because I'm advocating the, the the T's, the Q's, the plus?
1: Oh uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, you're right. It's probably it's probably um, the the. Um, the the uh the, the the g bit um which has upset his fellow muslims rather than the t bit although you know um there is a certain amount of disquiet within traditional muslim communities about trans ideology and the teaching of trans ideology in schools as well so it could have been related to that too um but yeah it's uh it's um this 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 episode in this um town in michigan as you say you know Surely everyone saw that coming. I mean, the, the funny thing about it is that the Muslim Majority Council, when when that council was elected, um, it was celebrated across America by Wokesters as a great symbol of American diversity, um, uh, you know, not anticipating um, as they took these Muslims to their bosom um, that uh, they might not have signed up to every jot and tittle of the woke agenda. And lo and behold, they don't want any pride flags in their town.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we we're going to do it as Pete woke. It is pretty Pete woke. Um, but there it is. That's the Lawrence Fox story. I think we've pretty much dealt with that. Do you want to, I might move on now to across the pond. Do you want to go across the pond, Toby? Let's go. Uh, we need a Let's jingle, Let's go across don't the we? pond. Yeah. We, need a, we, yeah, we, we need a little jingle. Let's go yeah. across the pond and talk about Joe Biden. It, it's not really, it's, and it went viral. There's not like that much to say about it probably, but you've probably seen this. I'm sure you must have if you're alive. Joe Biden closes gun control speech with God save the queen, man. God save the queen, man. He said, God save the queen, man, at the end of a gun control speech. No one knows why. The queen is deceased. And even if she wasn't, it would have been completely irrelevant. He then doesn't know which way to go off the stage, which is fairly classic, Biden. He points different ways and then walks off. And you know what, Toby? If I was being really generous, unfortunately it doesn't work, but I almost thought you might say some like ironic, irrelevant thing at the end of something. It's quite funny to just shout out something irrelevant, isn't it? Like... uh, Go QPR or something. You just you shout out something like irrelevant. It's quite a funny joke you can sometimes do. But when you're the president at a gun control talk, I don't think that's really what you're doing. I think you're just genuinely confused.
1: What was it? I,
0: mean, I think that's the likeliest explanation. I mean,
1: being generous. Was he saying, even though I'm pro gun control, I'm not anti Second Amendment because I recognized the historical importance of Americans being able to bear arms because once upon a time, we were a colonial outpost of the British Empire. <laughs> um, it's that, extraordinary. That a bit of a stretch, you're far it? too clever for him. You're,
0: you're helping him way too much there. That's absolutely mad. That's very unlikely. Yeah, I'm going to I try and exactly find out likely. what they actually said be- it was.
1: It was like, you know, it reminded me of my Alexa. I don't know if you have one of these um, Amazon devices um, in your home office, Nick, but um, they sometimes just start saying completely random things. And, it, you know, they they're obviously not—they don't work 100%. Um, and sometimes they just blurt out completely random shit. Um, and it, he sort of reminded me of that. It's like uh, Joe Biden doing an impression of my Alexa.
0: Yeah, well, Toby. Not only do I not have an Alexa because they spy on you, I don't even have a home office. I mean, you're in a completely different world. <laughs> There's worlds between us, Toby. I have a, a table that my brother gave me, his old dinner table, in the corner of my living room, and that's the closest I get to a, a home office. Maybe when I move house, let's see. But I can ask the listeners about that at the end. But um, they're saying here, perhaps he was referring to uh, Queen Margaret II of Denmark. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm trying to find out how they actually tried to justify it. Um, so the deputy press secretary cl- clarified the situation slightly late on Friday by telling reporters who were travelling with the president that Mr. Biden was merely commenting to someone in the crowd. Well, he, like he saw a flag and said, "God save the Queen." Maybe is that
1: saw a Union Jack? Saw maybe. someone burning but a Union wouldn't, Jack.
0: Wouldn't, wouldn't- <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Fox was there burning a fried flag, and he said, "God save M- the Queen, M- man."
1: Maybe maybe there was a drag time story hour flamboyant transvestite in the front row applauding, and he pointed at her, him, and
0: said, "God save the queen." Right. He meant queen in the, in the <laughs> drag queen sense. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very possible. It's not, I, I, There's no real explanation. I mean, or maybe maybe there was a Dairy Queen
1: there. Maybe there was like, um, you know, d- 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 are there still Dairy Queens in American towns? like, you know, winners of local beauty pageants in, in, in you know, the farm belt.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure, Toby. Maybe he's just a massive fan of Brian May. We, we don't know. I mean, there's so many possibilities <laughs> and none of them make sense. It just is shocking. That one was shocking because we all know he falls over, we know he can't speak and we know he loses his place and has to have auto cues and cue cards telling him where to stand and what his name is. But this seems like a new level of just like, if you just randomly said God save the Queen at the end of a speech and didn't know why and didn't know where you were going, that's just dementia isn't it i mean it is horrible it's unfair on him and everyone it's just madness isn't it i mean but hey i mean maybe we'll get on to rfk because he's the main challenger to him Uh, so maybe we should move on and do and do our next section what do you think Toby? i keep checking with you today i don't know why i'm just being very democratic let's do bird watch yeah let's move on and do our occasional section it's bird watch so this is a bumper bird watch uh, but we, we don't want to make another epic episode, so we're going to have to try and get through it. But it is a very interesting topic. So Joe Rogan uh, offered this guy $100 million. No, sorry, that, that's insane. That would be amazing. He probably would have still said no. He <laughs> offered him $100,000 to debate on his show, and I'm just looking for my tweets on it. But it was this Hotez guy who was a guy who started out, Professor Peter Hotez, who started out sort of quite skeptical about vaccines for children and things and then people are showing videos and then he just becomes very very pro them and some people have suggested he's funded by people and so on but uh he was saying that spotify are not doing their bit by cracking down on so-called misinformation and so rogan re- replied to that by challenging him to uh, a debate on his show And i'm just trying to find the exact tweet where he where he, where he talks about misinformation i can't find it but then Rogan, that's basically what happened anyway. And in, and in the meantime, the bids have got higher and higher. until It's actually got up to 1.52 million is the last I saw. Tate pledged 500K. So many people uh, pledged money. Yeah, so Hotez says Spotify has stopped even sort of trying to stem Rogan's vaccine misinformation. It's really awful and blah, 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 blah. And Rogan says, Peter, if you claim what RFK Jr. is saying is misinformation, I'm offering you $100,000 to the charity of your choice, if you're willing to debate him on my show with no time limit. And then Hotez just wriggled out of it in a in a series of uh, sort of wriggly tweets. And Elon Musk got involved as well, saying he's not against other vaccines, but we should debate this one. And it's just become increasingly funny that the tally keeps going up and up of the amount of people involved. And I'll just see if I can find a tweet on that, because I think it got to 1.52 million. Well, I'll have, I'll have a look for that. But what do you think, Toby? Did you follow this?
1: Yeah, I did. We ran a story about it in uh, the Daily Skeptic. It got quite a lot of um, page views. Um, I, I sort of, you know, this guy Hotez, I mean, it was foolish of him. I mean, he 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 quote tweeted um, an article in Vice, I think, um, which said that you know uh, Rogan was continue continuing to platform uh, vaccine misinformation. Um, because he'd hosted RFK, he'd interviewed RFK on his show, and um, Hotez quote tweeted that and, and reiterated that he too disapproved. He, he sort of he, he underlined the message, saying he disapproved of of Rogan for um, platforming these COVID misinformation merchants like RFK Jr. Um, but having having made that silly mistake, having done something foolish. I can't say I'm that surprised that Hotez didn't then want to take up um, Joe Rogan's offer to come onto Rogan's podcast and debate with, you know, a professional politician who debates people for a living in which the ringmaster is Joe Rogan, who he have just insulted. Um, so um, you can see why, I mean, he should have, should, should have just not responded. His second mistake was to try and Wriggle out of it in a kind of amusing, face saving way, which of course completely backfired. Um, uh, but um, I should say that, um, uh, you know, in order to preserve my place within the Overton window, <laughs> that um, RFK Jr. did say some misleading things in the interview on Rogan. So I think he blamed um, autism um, on the, uh, on, on child vaccination programs and said that was because vaccinations included mercury. Vaccinations given to children to prevent measles and rubella, etc., contained mercury. But in fact, they haven't contained mercury since 2000 and autism rates continue to climb. So it's just, I think, very unlikely that um, there's any connection at all between autism and the MMR between child vaccination programs he also said that um, 5g towers um, degrade the human immune system there isn't much evidence to suggest that that's true and he also he also I think um, said that um, radiation emitted by cell phones could cause brain tumors and actually I don't think cell phones emit enough radiation to cause brain tumors but that's not to say he should be cancelled or Rogan should be, Chastise for you know allowing him to say those things on his podcast. um Of course, if you think that they're wrong, if you think that that's misinformation, then I do think that you know if you're going to say that, if you're going to call out Rogan and Jeff RF, RFK Jr. in the public square, then you sort of do have uh, an obligation to accept an invitation to debate them on the podcast. But he's clearly not going to do that. One, one one person wrote to me and suggested. Maybe the way to facilitate this debate and to facilitate debates between people who are very reluctant to kind of, you know, um, get in the same podcasting studio together um, would be you 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 have a kind of debate via email, and then you get an AI to convert it into a kind of the emails into a human voice. So you, you can kind of have an AI kind of generated, sort of simulated debate, um, which which would be kind of second best but not completely pointless what do you what, what do you think about that suggestion
0: yeah not about it i mean stop these scared woke people of actually entering the room maybe they'd be more comfortable by email but then they'd still get destroyed via email via an ai talking bot so i'm not sure they might feel a bit more comfortable it could work could work did you see some of his tweets this whole i guess it would be hard for it
1: would be, yeah no it'd be hard for Ro- rogan to host a podcast between two um, you know, disembodied voice boxes in which their voices are AI voices reading out emails. It doesn't sound like great entertainment, does
0: it? Well, there was this AI, uh, we did it last night on Headline, is this AI bot, this very realistic looking robot that was telling a joke and its joke was just that two plus two equals four and then four plus four equals eight. It was like a really, it wasn't a joke really, but it thought it was. But what was scary was how realistic the facial expressions were. So we're not that far off being able to have that debate so with two bots sat there just regurgitating the emails we could do that sounds pretty grim but we could we could do it um yeah this hotel's guy all these tweets wriggling out of the of the debate he should have taken the debate I think um on your points well a couple of background things on that first Rogan had that video I've forgotten it was the same guy but he was he's chastising this hotel's character about his own diet he's going do you, do you eat you eat do you eat junk do you it's like yeah you eat the jokes a bit weird isn't it you're a health professional telling people to eat junk why are you doing that and he just kind of like grills it you know Rogue's obsessed with like healthy eating and supplements and stuff just like nails him on it and it's like embarrassing um but there's another funny tweet from from brendan sharp when he said because because th- this was called bullying uh mark cuban called it bullying actually this this rogan and others sort of trying to get this guy to debate brendan sharp Schaub- goes uh, Boy, the term bullying sure has changed since I was a kid. Come and have an open debate on the largest platform in the world and a charity receives 100K donation of your choice. These monsters must be stopped. And it's a really good point. I mean, it's not a bad form of bullying, is it? And um, all these people have pledged. Like I said, that was when it was 100K. Now it's up to 1.52 million. Tate, Rogan, Patrick, Bet David, Tim, uh, Poole. Loads of people have put in money. So it'd be you know, he should. why isn't he going to debate? He's far too pro uh, To give balance... Far too pro uh, vax, that Hotez guy, I think. But one criticism I do have of RFK Jr. is yeah, he's probably a bit woo woo. He's a bit sort of California. I don't know where does he live in California. He's a bit woo woo on chemicals and things like that. For my taste, he always goes on that. And He did actually say something that was very similar to Alex Jones. He talked about astrazine in the water supply, and he maybe any you know he seems to be right about that. I, I need to I haven't fact checked it, but he says astrazine, By the way, if you put if you're in a lab, you put astrazine in a tank full of frogs, it will chemically castrate and forcibly feminize every frog in there. And 10% of the frogs, the male frogs, will turn into fully viable females able to produce viable eggs. If it's doing that to the frogs, you know, what's it doing to human beings? And, uh, and uh, it was very similar to famous Alex Jones turning in the freaking frogs, gay. So, um, but I don't know, maybe maybe <laughs> astrazine is dangerous, but that's one thing of RFK. I think he's on the right side of the vaccine debate versus someone like a Hotez, who's basically a vaccine chill, as far as I can see. But he maybe goes a bit too far with his... And that's why he's worried about the environment. He's not really worried from the kind of apocalyptic, uh, you know, uh, net zero perspective. He seems to be more worried from the kind of classic, kind of Californian, kind of worried about chemicals, sort of, you know, I'm giving my kids only organic granola type angle.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... What's interesting about him is that um, people often try and smear people who express skepticism about the safety and efficacy of the COVID vaccines as far right, as though only people on the right are anti vaxxers. But actually, there's a, I, I think an, until, you know, 2020, it was more likely to be people on the left who were vaccine skeptics than people on the right. There is this kind of, you know, Long tradition of hippies, nature lovers, environmentalists, whole fooders, um, uh, uh, vegetarians, vegans being worried about, you know, vaccinations, about putting chemicals into their bodies, same reason they don't like GM crops. So it was a kind of, it was very much a kind of left-wing cause, albeit a fairly fringe left-wing cause until 2020. And part of the kind of pro-vaccine establishment's effort to discredit anti-vaxxers was to smear them as far right. But one of the good things about RFK Jr. kind of being out there and being a candidate for the Democratic nomination is that he, he he gives the lie to that particular smear it's actually or at least as many people on the left who are skeptical about the covid vaccines as there are on the right I you know I, I think he's probably right to be skeptical about the covid vaccines and to draw people's attention to the harms that they can cause but he's an anti, he's he's like he's anti- all vaxxers, isn't he he's not just he's not just a covid vaccine skeptic he's a bona fide anti-vaxxer um so I, that's where, that's where I put company behind.
0: yeah I'm sure you do I mean I, I think he claims to have been harmed by by vaccines himself so yeah he absolutely is and he's he's but he's coming at it more from the Jim Carrey perspective as you say it's a lefty hippie perspective and I was right he resides in Los Angeles and Cape Cod Massachusetts we know he's married to Cheryl Hines who is going to leave him when he runs I say but um but he <laughs> uh he's, he's you, know what, you know what there was a really nice video of him the other day with his dogs going up to the canyon for his walk did you see that he was such a relatable just nice. such a he seems kind of not relatable really but just such a good guy he was just like yeah you know Cheryl won't come in here because of the the hair and there's no seat belts because this guy the dog keeps chewing it and we've got a little wooden seat for the kids in the back and it was just kind of a cool he's just like a cool guy but if you wanted to be critical you would say there's a touch of the Connor Roy about him kind of a a, a more relatable likable Connor Roy <laughs> because I'm just seeing here that he um he grew up as a he uh, is a licensed master falconer and has trained hawks since he was eleven. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a kind of like you know, in, you know, Kennedy royalty training hawks. Kind of worried about you know these chemicals turning the frogs gay. It just seems like a fairly elite kind of life, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, Conor Roy, that's a good analogy. I hadn't thought of that, but um, yeah, he's he, as you say, he's he's a lot more. He's a lot more credible as a candidate than Connor Roy, and I don't think he'd um, he'd now withdraw from the race in return for the Latvian ambassadorship. But um, yeah, he does have he does there is there is a hint of Conor Roy about him. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, but he has a better political heritage, and, he, and he, yeah, he, I think he's a serious candidate, and I think he, you know, they're going to obviously try and stop him, but he could, in a fair system, he could beat Biden. I haven't seen the latest polls. I saw a poll saying he was beating Biden. Other people saying he wasn't, etc. Um, All right. Well, that's all our stories. But just before we go to Will, let's hear from our sponsor, which is the Stack Assistant. And they say Bitcoin will save us, says the great Dominic Frisbee in a fascinating chat on my other podcast, The Current Thing. As the creator of the first mainstream Bitcoin book, The Future of Money, the classic Tom Jones cover version, Debt Bomb, and many other works of anti-woke genius, he should know. If you'd listened to Frizz's advice back in 2015 after his Bitcoin book came out, you'd be up 100 times already. But most people have never even heard of the book, and of those who did, few acted on it. This is the five eyes effect. First one thinks Bitcoin is idiotic, then interesting, then important, and as inflation bites harder, imperative. Many reach ideological as they appreciate the societal improvement that Bitcoin promises. So your future happiness may depend on how quickly you progress through those five eyes. It takes time. But whether you like it or not, you're in a race. And one into which BlackRock now plans to add millions more runners with their bitcoin etf so do your future self a favor and instead of emailing the stack assistant at pm.me for bitcoin advice go listen to dominic frisbee and me on the current thing after you finish the weekly skeptic podcast of course and i'll just add there that you should actually go and email the stack assistant so it's the stack assistant at pm.me for bitcoin advice all right now let's go to will with our top stories of the week So I'm here, as ever, with Dr. Will Jones, editor of The Daily Skeptic, and we have some very interesting stories, and I thought we'd start with spike in deaths corresponding to COVID vaccine rollout found in peer-reviewed analysis of Japan and Germany, Will. Yeah, it doesn't sound the most thrilling headline, does it? But it's a really important uh, development. The This is
2: an analysis found in the, uh, a letter in the journal Medicine and Clinical Science, uh, which has found a spike in deaths uh, corresponding, uh, as the headline said, to uh, the COVID vaccine rollout uh, in Japan and Germany. And uh, this is significant uh, for a number of reasons, but primarily because it's a peer-reviewed study. And there's obviously a lot of uh, of medics and scientists who are writing blogs, writing articles, uh, even writing preprints um, about uh, the risks of the vaccines. Uh, And and there's also a lot of uh, published studies, peer-reviewed studies about the risks of the vaccines uh, the covid vaccines uh but but peer reviewed studies which actually point to a connection between the vaccines and excess deaths uh, in particular are much rarer so this is a this is an, an, an important development we want to see uh, many more of uh, many more of these looking at this and this excellent study goes through in detail uh japan and germany are both notable for having um oddly uh Oddly low mortality during the the initial wave of the pandemic in 2020, um, although later waves uh, were more severe, uh, which gave them um, strangely low mortality during the uh, the so called pandemic year of 2020. But then, as uh, as we went into 2021 and the vaccines rolled out, uh, significant increases in mortality uh, in both countries. And then 2022, they both saw uh, mortality deaths go through. Through the roof, um, extraordinary, extraordinary elevations, and even, and this study uh, very carefully takes into account the fact that in both countries the populations are getting older, uh, so more people are dying anyway each year. So that this takes, this study takes that into account, but still finds five to ten percent. Uh, more deaths in 2022 uh, than would be expected uh, based on those trends. And this study is completely clear. And this is, remember, this is a peer-reviewed study um, in a uh, in a scientific journal, says that it should be investigated to what extent uh, the 5 to 10% highly significant increased mortalities in G- Germany and Japan in 2021 and 2022 might be due to the pandemic countermeasures including the vaccinations with their possibly underestimated immediate or protracted side effects. And they add, from this point of view, it seems possible that a high vaccination rate has contributed to an increased all-cause mortality in some countries. Uh, and this study, uh, the significant uh, conclusions, as as I said, uh, drawing that connection explicitly with the vaccines, and uh, this has been picked up by Welt, Die Welt in Germany, a uh, leading Leading German newspaper uh, to point out that there is a, a deafening silence from the health authorities uh, in Germany and in, in in every country on on actually investigating uh, these in excess deaths. What's behind them, and in particular, whether there's any, whether the vaccines could be playing any role. Uh, oddly enough. no no governments and no public health authorities seem to want to look into this or find out the answers and recently our own government confirmed shockingly that they actually after all they said have no intention of investigating the current excess deaths which are continuing
0: all right and do you have another story you wanted to mention in in relation to this one
2: uh, yes, that's that's right. We have a um, uh, thanks for reminding me, Nick. We have, uh, we, have an exclu- we have an exclusive on the website Daily Skeptic uh, today. Uh, we have uh, two leading cardiologists, Dr. Sean Malhotra and uh, Dr. Chris Neal, president of the Australian Medical Professional Society, and they have concluded from their uh, analysis that the legendary Australian cricketer Shane Warne, uh, who died uh, of a heart of a Uh, coronary atherosclerosis so heart a heart a cardiac death uh, last March they have concluded that his death was likely precipitated by COVID uh, his COVID mRNA vaccine that he received uh, nine months earlier Uh, so this is um, a a major intervention uh, by these by these two doctors putting their reputations on the line in order to in order to make this diagnosis they Uh, They draw on all the studies that have have been published that I referred to uh, earlier, in particular looking at those which which look at heart issues and heart side effects from the vaccines uh, to say that uh, in their view that the COVID vaccine can cause a rapid acceleration of coronary disease um, especially in those that may already have undetected mild disease, and they also suggest other possible mechanisms and look at the studies that show that point. That Shane Shane Warren was only uh, 52, uh, which is a pretty young age uh, to, especially for a, a fit a fit sportsman. Although he wasn't quite as so fit in his uh, uh, in his uh, later in his later years, but uh, that is, is is very unusual for someone of his age to die um, of of a heart attack of of a cardiac death, I should say, and. Um, and they have said that um, although he didn't have the healthiest lifestyle in recent years, being both overweight and a smoker, uh, they've suggested, they've argued that it's likely that some mild um, that some mild underlying furring of his arteries rapidly progressed in the months after he received two doses of the Pfizer uh, mRNA COVID vaccine because of the effects that that vaccine has on the heart and uh, blood vessels uh including uh, uh inflammation of the blood vessels and of the heart
0: yeah one can go too far online with all these uh deaths and assuming that it was just a vaccine and it, it can get a bit silly but i think there are some that are very questionable and maybe one day we will find out they were related but let's see maybe we can't say that just yet but it's, it's interesting
2: that's it. You can't, you, can't just, uh, you can't just assume that every person who dies unexpectedly young is, um, is dying from the vaccine. After all, uh, almost everyone has been vaccinated. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when you've got uh, leading uh, consultant cardiologists um, looking at the, the cause of the specific cause of death and the specific mechanisms of, of side effects and harms that, these, that the vaccines um, cause according to scientific literature then you've definitely got a stronger case um, than, um, than than it's, it's not just it's not just uh, someone guessing is it?
0: Absolutely, right, uh, yeah exactly it, it, it is more serious let's see, I just had a quick Google of shame to see if anyone yet has dismissed it as a conspiracy theory but I, I couldn't see anything yet they are dismissing the Jamie Foxx rumours as conspiracy but let's see how that develops do you want to go on to this one? the old uh, synthetic meat so lab-grown meat suffers significant setback with shocking new scientific findings, bit of alliteration there. But I don't trust lab-grown meat well. I don't know about you. No, not at all. Fra- Frankenstein Foods are back. Uh, this is this is of course, this is a, a climate
2: boondoggle. This is a this is supposed to be something that's allegedly gonna save save the planet uh, by replacing uh, natural meat grown in fields. Um and uh, not grown in fields, literally, as in uh, cows that you keep in fields, and replaced it with a lab-grown alternative, uh, which which sounds horrible, to be perfectly honest, uh, but supposedly it's going to be better than, for the environment. However, a, um, a, a study has been done that has shown that lab-grown meat is up to 25 times worse, 25 times worse for the environment, uh, and that's because it needs... Uh, pharmaceutical grade production to make it fit for human consumption. Uh, In particular, they have to remove endotoxin from the cultured mix. Because if it's present in any in any significant uh, quantities, um, or even not significant quantities, if it's just present at all, uh, is uh, can be really uh, quite uh, harmful to human health. Uh, so uh it's it needs it needs to be i mean people complain about processed foods i mean this is that the ultimate processed food surely uh, it's i mean it's, it's grown in a lab and then and then it has to go through this uh, through this uh, cleaning, uh, essentially cleaning, detoxing process to make it uh, to make it not poisonous, and there's just no prospect of of that process, even if it's scaled up uh, on the current technology. There's just no prospect of that making it uh, making it efficient uh, to, uh, to to produce it, which obviously gives cost implications, but also it's uh, it's just no, it's no better for the environment. So uh, so what's the point?
0: And is Bill Gates involved anyway? Because when I hear lab-grown meat, I just think of Bill Gates's synthetic meat, which is something I try not to think about at any time. But um, he always seems to be involved.
2: <laughs> um, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that he's involved, but he's, he's, I'm sure he's funding it somewhere. You know, alongside his chemtrails and everything.
0: Yeah, he usually is. And George Monbiot's always involved, saying get rid of food and farms. And absolute maniacs these people. But um, all right, that's the meat. Del, where do you want to move on and do this one? Coal plant fired up as solar panels fail because it's too sunny. What does that mean?
2: Yeah, more climate boondoggles. This one is uh, solar panels, uh, which uh, bizarrely failed uh, during the... I- I'm going to call it a heat wave just so that we know what we're referring to, but that we had in England in the, over the last couple of weeks. But obviously, heat wave is stretching the... Con- it's, it's. I mean, we know what we're talking about, don't we, Nick? It's basically a bit of summer. You know, the sun actually came out for a few days, uh, but in England, if there's any sun at all, we call it a heat wave, just because we're so we're so unfamiliar with the thing. Uh, but yes, yeah, th- 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 during during the warm June that we had, the solar panels uh, got too hot. Apparently, uh, it was too sunny for for solar panels uh, to operate efficiently, and so uh, because of this, once again, our renewable capacity failed us. And they had to fire up the -the Ratcliffe-on-Saw coal power plant in Nottinghamshire uh, to start producing electricity for the first time in several weeks in order to make up uh, the shortfall. Isn't it just ludicrous? So now not only do we have wind turbines that have to be shut down when it's too windy, uh, we now have solar panels that have to be shut down when it's too that have to be made up for um, when it's too sunny and don't work efficiently so it just looks like doesn't it that the that in our renewables future it looks like only goldilocks is going to have any power when it's not too windy and and not too sunny but it's windy enough and it's, it's, uh, just and it's right. sunny enough so yeah, exactly. It's just right. Yeah, that's 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 it. When I mean, it's when it's just right. Uh, and to add to the absolute absurdity of the whole situation, this power station they've uh, powered up uh, uh, in order to supply the uh, the shortfall of the uh, from the renewables uh, was due to be shut last year, so it shouldn't even still be in. Ex- it shouldn't even even still be working. Uh, and what's more, it is still scheduled to be shut next year. And what are we going to do then? I'm not sure they've thought this through, Nick.
0: No, I've got to be really careful, Will. I'm just on a slight tangent talking about climate stuff because we had to do a story on headliners. It was quite boring. It was a uh, climate change has affected turbulence on planes and like mildly increased it because that's such a boring story for a comedy show. We had some fun with it and just took the piss. And then the actual guy from the study who'd come up with the study tweeted at me, Andrew and Lewis, telling us off and that we're such we're idiots. I just said it's a comedy show, none nuts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got to be so careful because I say these silly things that people are like, oh, they they don't understand my study. It's like, no, we're just having a laugh.
2: It's a joke, but I know. but it wasn't. But it was a stupid study anyway, wasn't it? I mean, the I mean, it was just such a tiny, in, in imperceptible. Um, amounts but that yeah, is supposed to have supposed to have created
0: um, increased by who cares um <laughs> should we do this one to end on the climate crisis shock no change in average uk temperatures for more than two decades what about the dreaded heat waves and the climate apocalypse will Absolutely, and in fact,
2: uh, what this report has found is that the is that the, the 2010s were actually cooler than the decade before that, the 90s. Uh, so the last decade uh, was actually cooler than the decade before it. That's how fast temperatures in the UK are increasing. Yes, this is the annual UK weather report published by the Global Warming Policy Foundation, uh, written by. Uh, I, th- I think it's fair to call him the legendary climate journalist, Paul Homewood. He is a um, he is an excellent um, an analyst. And uh, supplier of all kinds of uh, climate stories, and uh, and he writes this report, the annual report for the uh, the GWPF, and he has uh, pointed out uh, his key finding that the average uh, temperature, for the, that's the ten year running average, uh, hasn't increased for over two decades in the, across the UK. Um, It's the same level as it was in 2007, which is a running average that started in 1998. Um, And it's around about for nine and a half degrees or thereabouts. So although it is true, and and we should, of course, acknowledge that, that last year, 2022, was at least... According to official data, and we're not going to get right now into the the, the the significant problems with the official Met Office data on the temperature of the UK, but according to official data, 2022 was a, a, a whisker uh, warmer uh, than the last record, which was in 2014. Although, as Chris Morrison, our environment editor, points out, it was only really a rounding error higher. I mean, it's basically the same temperature um, as 2014. Um, so, as uh, as nearly a decade ago, or eight years before. But the average temperature, because as I say, the 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 2010s were actually cooler than the noughties, uh, the, the for the last, the average temperature of the UK has not uh, has not increased uh, for uh, for 20 years. So, the significance of that, of course, Nick, is that that's what all of this all of this uh, uh, green. Uh, net zero uh, stuff is all about all these lab grown meat and solar panels and, and energy, green energy, renewable energy, and uh, and basically getting cold in winter because we can't uh, we can't haven't got enough uh, oil and gas and. Cold to uh, keep ourselves warm. All of that is about trying to keep the global temperature down. Uh, we all know that. Um, and but when we look, when we actually look at what's going on in our own country, uh, we see that temperatures, which are supposedly going, supposedly going up on some kind of hockey stick into unprecedented territory, uh, have actually been flatlined for decades.
0: Well, I'm glad it's going down. I'm sure this will be uh, widely reported in the mainstream media. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for those, Will. Unless you've got anything to add, I guess we'll catch up with you again next week. Excellent. Thanks, Nick. All right. Well, that was Will. Toby, should we now do everyone's favourite section? It's Peak Woke. So, you had quite a few this week, didn't you?
1: I've got quite a few. So, I'll kick off with what I think is my best one. And then you go next, and then I'll give you some of my also rants. So, I don't know if you saw this, but um, the uh, pink-haired echo terrorists have struck again. Um, and uh, there was a just-stop oil protest at, of all places, Glyndebourne. Um, so some protesters let off a confetti bomb at the uh, opera at Glyndebourne. Um, and there was a great, uh, a great paragraph uh, or two in the Telegraph's report about this. Uh, very deadpan. I'll just I'll just quote that, that this bit from the Telegraph piece. It is unclear why the protesters chose Glyndebourne, which prides itself on its environmental credentials. The opera house has committed to halve direct carbon emissions by 2030 and reach net zero by 2050. In 2012, to the dismay of some locals who argued that it was spoiling an area of outstanding natural beauty. Glyndebourne instilled a 67-metre wind turbine that was officially unveiled by Sir David Attenborough. Glyndebourne said at the time that the turbine, quote, provides a visual reminder to us all to do all we can to tackle climate change, unquote. So, I mean, I've in the past compared uh, echo protesters to pro-communist protesters in Soviet Russia, uh, given the extent of the alignment between their views and the views of the establishment but this is like it's like it's like you know um this is like a pro-communist protest at the kremlin i mean the glinebourne opera festival is like a cathedral to kind of woke groupthink when it comes to the environment i mean they they erected this hideous wind turbine and got saint david attenborough to open it, and still that isn't enough. Seemingly for these just-up-or-protesters, or maybe they just didn't know. Um, but it just—it just—they—they—they—they they, they, they do become more idiotic by the day.
0: That's good because it gets climate and wokeness in there. Um, I've got one here. It's okay. It's the American Medical Association says BMI is racist. So we keep finding more and more things to be racist. Did you have BMI on your bingo card, Toby, the body mass index? <laughs> we all know the body mass index is not perfect. Like if you're absolutely stacked and muscly like me, you'll come out as heavier when actually it's just muscle. So it's a very crude measurement. It was actually uh, founded by a Belgian mathematician, which I didn't realize. And they they do over-rely on it, it's just one Belgian mathematician. And the idea here is that um, that if you're not a a 19 it was based on white bodies in the 19th century so if you're not a 19th century white body it might not be accurate for example asian people who fall within the healthy range are still at high risk of diabetes or black women tend to store fat around their hips and legs whereas white women tend to store it around their midriff which is more dangerous to their health even though they may both have a similar bmi so it's 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 a racist bmi toby there you go in case there was anything that couldn't be racist what, what's your next one
1: uh, so um, I don't know if you saw this story, but um, uh, a court in Philadelphia um, has ordered Starbucks to pay $26 million in compensation to a manager who Starbucks filed, fired, quote, for being white. So um, Shannon Phillips was fired in the aftermath of a Ferrari following the arrest of two black customers at a Philadelphia branch of Starbucks in 2018. And according to her lawyer, she was a sacrificial lamb. So she was the manager of the Starbucks where um, these um, uh, two uh, black customers um, uh, kicked up a fuss. Um, And uh, she had done absolutely nothing wrong. And uh, she'd supported um, her employee who she was managing, who hadn't said or done anything racist. Um, but, um, uh, these, 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 um, activists, um, seemingly made a big deal out of it. And Starbucks was so embarrassed. They decided to toss this poor employee to the wolves and she took them to court and good for her. It's not like taking someone to the employment tribunal here. She's been awarded $26 million in compensation.
0: Wow. All right. Another decent uh, candidate for peak. Well, did you see this uh, Avon and Somerset police one? No, I didn't see that. Oh, it was quite big on Twitter for a while. It was uh, Avon and Somerset police force uh, call themselves institutionally racist. So Sarah Crewe said that she's, they're institutionally racist and she used to think it was enough to just be not racist, but that's no longer enough. They need to go further and tackle racism or something or other. And everyone said, well, why don't you just resign then? If you're racist and you're presiding over this racist force... Why don't you resign? And I, thought, Toby, you might surprise you here, but I agree that the police are often institutionally racist. For example, uh, the Cheshire police who lost an employment tribunal against a candidate who who sued them because he was a straight white man who was denied the job, even though everyone said he was an excellent candidate and he wanted to follow in his father's footsteps and join the police, but he was he was he didn't make the cut because of uh, purely because of diversity and purely because of his immutable characteristics. So Chester police were racist and institutionally racist against white men and it uh, sounds like Avon and Somerset are saying they're institutionally racist, although I don't think that's what they mean exactly. Yeah,
1: I don't think that's what they have in mind. <laughs> um, so um, uh, did, did um, uh, so I've got, I've got so, so, so much in the way of wokery pokery in the news this week. I mean, just I, saw the story about the army is considering scrapping the ranks of guardsmen and riflemen. Yeah. Um, because um, of the word man in the title i saw that so and when uh, a, you can uh, be yeah i was just say, i mean just just, just if, if you're a if you're a female soldier you can achieve the rank of guardsman or rifleman um but you're not you don't become a guards person or a rifle person but interestingly lots of the women who achieve those ranks um uh, uh, don't complain in the slightest. They've got no problem with calling themselves a rifleman or a guardsman. But, you know, the 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 woke diversity, equity and inclusion uh, officers um, in the British Army have decided that this is sexist and they ought to be changed.
0: Yeah, and the, uh, that was it. The it was notable thing in the article was, we did it on headlines, was that the woman who had achieved rifleman was proud of it and didn't want them to take it off her. She felt it was an achievement to be... And mun, it's like mun, it's not man, isn't it? It's like mankind or it's like something mun. You don't think of the mun as a man. It's just a mun, pathetic.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, And uh, in in related news, um, Southwest Water um, has been blasted for putting up signs uh, where roadworks are being carried out um, saying men at work. (laughs) And, 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 you know, um, I think the equality council or something um, has criticized Southwest water and pointed out that something like a third of their workforce are female but of course those are back office jobs those aren't construction jobs those aren't working on the roads on the hard shoulder um, uh, and you know you'd think it's it's odd isn't it that that you know um, women don't want to do these jobs they're kind of unpleasant, physically demanding jobs, you're constantly exposed to carbon monoxide you could be, injured or killed by an hgv uh, driving past um uh, yeah, they don't want to do these horrible dangerous physically demanding jobs but you can't use a sign
0: like men at work just you know because that's sexist
1: um anyway i thought that was kind of ridiculous It'd be a
0: big problem uh, for the australian rock band wouldn't it men at work what would they be calling that? empowered <laughs> persons at work i'm, I'm not sure <laughs>
1: And the, the the one I wanted, just a final one, is empowered um, women in so, STEM. Um, Sorry, oh, carry on. There you go. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, Hounslow Council, um, which isn't my council, but is adjacent to where I live, Ealing, um, Chiswick High Road. On Chiswick High Road, they've created this um, rainbow junction to celebrate Pride. Um, it's like a, a multicolored junction with all the various. Symbols and flags on it, and um, apparently an, an FOI request has revealed that it cost fifty thousand pounds. You know, Hounslow Council, incidentally, have have put council tax up by the maximum allowable amount this year, and yet they're they're spending fifty thousand pounds on virtue signalling junctions. Um, and um, I, I'm sure you're familiar with the fact that police horses struggle. Uh, to cross those rainbow junctions because the different colors confuse them. Um, But apparently this also applies to partially sighted people. So a disability advocacy group has complained that partially sighted people um, also become dizzy and confused when confronted with this rainbow junction. And in its own small way, it's a kind of similar a uh, bit of intersectional fallout to the conflict between Muslims and LGBTQ pride celebrants. Um, you know, it's 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 actually a, a conflict between different minority groups, um, and the difficulties wokesters get into by trying to cater for all of them. Um, but I suppose it tells us really that you know, as in as in the the. The, 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 the town in Yorkshire and the mayors had to resign in the oppression Olympics, the T's are currently standing, you know, at the top. They're, they're standing on the kind of, they're, they're the gold medalists. They're, they're, they're on the the top podium at the moment.
0: Yeah. The T's are definitely winning. Um, and since you nicked that Keithley one from my Pete Wokes, and since you didn't want to do the Oscars one, because you weren't sure what the exact update on the story was, where the Oscars are enforcing diversity, Maybe I'll just throw this one in, which is a sort of a technicality because it was actually someone recounting a story from a while ago. But it was when he was 17 years old, Toby Addison was blasted as a creep and accused of staring at a woman during her workout despite being blind, Toby. So male gym creeps, but they're actually now blind. He had lost 80% 80 of his sight. He's now only got 4% remaining. But the woman wouldn't accept it. She didn't believe him, and she got him kicked out of the gym, even though he had his cane with him in his lap. So he didn't know he was staring at her because he was blind, and she's like, "You're staring at me." So it's this horrible culture of women. They dress sort of explicitly in the gym, but they don't want the men in the gym to be looking at them. They only want the online men to look at them and get them revenue and clicks. And they they especially don't want blind young men staring at them, even though they can't see them. <laughs> is that peak woke? It's yeah, quite. It's a bit tenuous, but it's kind of kind that of. Feel,
1: that, yeah, that, that's that's yeah. Except that are are you making a kind? Of, are you claiming that this is a form of? Uh, disability discrimination and we should condemn it for that reason which sounds like quite woke yeah no I'm
0: claiming that it's part of the (laughs) war on men uh which is what makes it peak well it's part of the war on men and 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 it and it gives the lie to the whole gym creeps tiktok trend because actually we're not looking at you and in this case the guy couldn't have been looking at you and therefore that undermines the whole claim that we're constantly staring at you in the gym we're trying not to look at you in the gym we're getting on with our massively heavy lifts in my case
1: yeah, is there a way to you know is, is there a way to kind of signal to these kind of woke women in the gym who are constantly trying to um, entrap men by getting them to stare at them so they can shame them on social media? Is there a way of signalling to them if you are partially sighted or blind that if you are staring in their direction, you're not actually checking them out? You, could you have like could you have like a, a white armband or something?
0: Well, I don't. You can do much better than this guy who had his stick in his lap. Did he have his stick with him? Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. Did
1: he? He had a stick in his lap. Look, look, look. She came over oh to me. Gosh.
0: I didn't know she was talking to me at first because I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just doing my thing. You, you know, he's blind. She said something along the lines of, why do you keep staring at me? Don't be so creepy. I was like, oh no, sorry, I'm blind. I had my cane with me. It was folded up in my lap, but she wasn't having any of it because she was an utter moron. I've added that bit myself. Um <laughs> But you've got a cane, you've got, you. what you'd, more can you'd you do? Think, you'd think, yeah, you'd
1: think if you've got the cane and you're saying, you know, it, it would be quite an excuse to come up with, wouldn't it? If, if if a woman accuses you of staring at her to say, and I, I can't possibly have been staring at you because I, I'm literally blind. I mean, no one would actually invent that as an excuse because they felt so embarrassed they'd been caught checking this girl out. I mean, it's perfectly obvious that he's telling the truth. And as you say, he has got a white stick, which he can unfold and brandish in front of her. She still doesn't believe him. Well, do I mean, you know what? If That's he, a pretty uncharitable person. This was person. four
0: years ago. But actually, if he did it now, there would be an outside case that, that it was a TikTok trend and a guy was going around pretending to be blind, but he's actually checking women out. And it's like a Mizzy style video. Was it,
1: is it, it was actually, it was Mizzy, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> She's going to be in a video. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, those are all my works. So have you got any more?
1: You didn't want to do the Oscars after all? No, because
0: I thought you, you banned me from doing it because you didn't know the exact... Uh, you didn't feel it past your journalistic uh, uh, integrity.
1: Oh, I, I, I thought you said earlier that because I'd stolen one of your peak works, you were going to do it anyway.
0: I can do it. I've just got to get it here. It's uh, basically the Oscars. Uh, the, the Oscar voters slam the Academy's completely ridiculous new best picture diversity rules because they make selection contrived and previous winners, including The Godfather and Schindler's List, would not even qualify... So the standard has become, yeah, and there was talk about this, but it's going to be enforced from 2024. At least one of the lead or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. At least 30% of all actors in secondary and more minor roles are from an underrepresented group. This one really bothered me. The main storyline theme or narrative of the film is centered on an underrepresented group. So you got to like, we're going to dictate the whole story to you. You had to meet one of those criteria or criterion, would it be you know one of those criteria? Um, and one criterion from those criteria. And then the B part, it needs one of these as well. At least two of the creative leadership positions and department heads, such as the director, cinematographer, or costume designer must be from underrepresented groups. At least six other crew and technical positions, at least 30% of the film's crew. So you've got to pick two out of those. And then there are further criteria as well. There's like C, There's a, that's A, B, then there's C, and that's to do with the financing, then the marketing and audience development. And they've all slammed it. Richard Dreyfuss has said, no one should be telling me as an artist, I have to give in to the latest current idea of what morality is, and everyone is so disgusted with this stuff. And you know, people are more and more disgusted and, and and at odds with this. And I know from talking to various people that a lot of people in these kind of industries secretly hate all this. And it won't surprise anyone, given Howard's tweets and things like this, but or like tweets, they're against all this stuff, but they can't say it said out loud. But but you know, remember, Hollywood is a culture where you had the friends of Abe. To have conservative views, you had to have a secret society, which people like Gary Sinise, the actor, or Jeremy Boring, the founder of Daily Wire, were, were members of. So it's such an absurd culture, and it's getting worse and worse. And now I think it's alienating even fairly woke, woke people or seemingly woke people. And I just think everyone's seething and hates this now. And how long can it go on?
1: Yeah, no, when, when I lived in Los Angeles briefly in 2004, when I was writing a. Motion picture for the producer, Jill Silver. Um, I remember I was part of a kind of underground secret conservative cabal. Like we were conservative journalists, but we didn't advertise the fact that we were conservative journalists. And we used to meet at different kind of obscure locations around the city on Friday nights to kind of give each other moral support, almost like a support group. And um, one of the people in that group was Andrew Breitbart, um, who went on to create Breitbart. At that time, he was working for the Huffington Post. Um, So I did know Andrew a little bit. Um, But uh, yeah, it's... um, I didn't
0: know you knew Andrew. Which film were you working on?
1: uh, Well, it never got made. Uh, uh, (laughs) Uh, Most films that screenwriters are employed... you weren't in Friends of Abe. That was Um, even too
0: secret for you. But you were in sort of lesser Friends of Abe.
1: Obviously, yeah, Tech Friends of Abe. Um, but um, assuming Friends of Abe existed... Now maybe you were in then, the better well, one well, because
0: well, Breitbart well, was, the, was the, sort of the first guy and then Jeremy Boring and people followed. So maybe you were in the even better pre-Friends of Abe. I didn't know you knew Breitbart.
1: May, or maybe it, it could have been yeah. a precursor to Friends of Abe and might have evolved into Friends of Abe. That's possible. Um, but um, yeah, underrepresented groups. It's like um, you can see why they didn't choose religious or ethnic minorities because in every film... Given that it has a large number of Jewish people involved in one capacity or another, would would meet the criteria? Um, but um, so under rep- underrepresented groups. But how do you define what underrepresented groups you know should be included and which shouldn't? So would redheaded people? Do they need to be included, for instance? Is this a, is this a, is this a potential new career for Harry? Um, uh, uh but um i've worked out why this is suddenly relevant even though these criteria were first unveiled i think in 2020 um uh, uh, during the kind of blm bruhaha to try and you know hollywood was supposedly too white and um needed to films needed to become more representative um and uh but the reason it's in the news again is because it'll apply to the next oscars that's the first time it'll kick in so the criteria will um, influence the selection of nominees um, for um, the Oscars next year in February, which will be the 2024
0: yeah Yeah, just as underrepresented groups include women, ethnic minorities, and those from LGBTQ community and the disabled. Uh, but yeah, there is a point where they, they point out that the joker, Irishman, once upon a time in Hollywood, vice American sniper Nebraska would not have qualified. Uh, madness. I, anyway.
1: Do you think if you've got do you think if you suffer from dyslexia, that would count? I mean, that is a recognized disability. And I think certainly in the British courts, you can be, you know, you can sue a company for discriminating against you on the basis of that disability. So, you know, that you, you, you imagine it wouldn't be that difficult to find actors with dyslexia to, to, to cast in your film. Good question.
0: I don't know, Toby. Um, and, and autism, an anyway. autism for the kind of people that would come up with questions like that, does that does that count? <laughs>
1: I would have thought Autism does. Care. Of course, it will. Have you yeah. done?
0: Um, are we done then? to with Pete woke. <laughs> uh, I think we are. All right. Well, bumper episode again. Um, we'll just quickly go over some reviews because we we appreciate your reviews so much, and they keep us going on this lonely podcasting journey. It's not that lonely. Uh, it's uh, there's two of us. So well, and will. So we've got. Um, let's have a look at this one. This is great. Six stars, if possible. This comes from Pister Mike. So I agree that no one should leave anything less than a five-star rating for your amazing podcast. Never missed episodes since being introduced to it a year ago. Was it even out a year ago? And we'll do my very best to get to your next live show. Keep up the great work. Mike, thanks for that, Mike. Here's one that I like that I think um, Toby might have mixed feelings about. Uh, Increasingly one of my favorite podcasts. And it goes, this is a superb listen. Nick Dixon is brilliant, funny, and clever. And Toby Young is as thoughtful and insightful as ever. It makes for an excellent combination, and the one point five hours fly by. How do you feel about that one, Toby?
1: That's uh, yeah, I like that one. That's that's very good. Yeah, did he say that makes the five hours fly by? One point five.
0: I thought <laughs> I thought fun. you were going to be annoyed that oh, I was okay. called brilliant, funny, and clever, whereas you were only called thoughtful and insightful. I thought you'd find a way to find a negative in that.
1: Well, I, I'm sure there are other reviews out there that you're choosing not to read because um, <laughs> they, 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 the, I, the imbalance between the praise view you and me isn't quite so great. I would
0: read them if they existed, Toby, but um, I thought that was a fairly balanced one. Um, can I just briefly ask the listeners, Toby, where? if anyone listening wants to tell me where I should move without being too annoying about it, because I'm leaving London. The plan is I'm going to try and get a mortgage in this hostile environment, and I just want to ask the listeners where I should move. It's got to be near London so I can get back after. 12 from headliners i have to get the train about twelve twenty, and i'm considering all kinds of areas around london i'm just going to put it out to our very smart listeners to see if they can tell me i did it on twitter and slightly regretted it because then people start mocking you for not having any money and stuff it's like you don't know anything about my finances but i am i'm definitely not have the finances to live in to get a mortgage in london so you know i'm meant to be renegotiating my contract but let's let's see uh, let's see what do you think is that a bad idea putting it out to the listeners i think they could help me no but i guess i suppose some um, some
1: of these followers of yours who've given you these unbelievably complimentary reviews and would probably be you know technically stalkers um might, might actually recommend you move in next door to them or even in with them so you might want to think carefully before doing that
0: that is a good point i've thought about moving to romania of course since early on in this podcast when i got the follow from the top g <laughs> I'm thinking about just living in a romanian warehouse With a lot of confiscated cars and some bitches, someone's pointed out to me if I DM Tate, uh, that will later be looked at by the Romanian authorities, and that is a good point, actually. Um,
1: I can imagine. Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine you you know, you being Andrew, offers to put you up in, you know, the warehouse where the sex workers were housed when they weren't, you know, being being coerced into making sex tapes sort of um for 18 hours a day and you're in the warehouse and you're kind of you're you're lying on a court on a, on a on a wrought iron bed um with no bedding um it's cold there are rats and cockroaches in there you can see the 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 manacles and chains just lying at the end of the bed and you still you still refuse to believe that top g <laughs> is anything other than a fine upstanding gentleman
0: <laughs> how dare you tell me i believe in top g i've met him <laughs> And I've, I've had a message with Tristan that will be looked at by the Romanian authorities. I now realize, and, uh, I'm standing by the top G you can come at me. I, I just, I believe in the people. I'm very loyal, you know, it's, it's loyalty, Toby. You, and you, 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 benefit from my loyalty. If this was you, I've said it before. If they said Toby Young is trafficking people into his shed in the West London area, <laughs> and he's got women in the shed. I would say I stand by, Toby. I don't believe he has women in that shed. And even if you did tell me, unless it was really bad, I'd still stick by you. I mean, depending on what you were doing with these women, if you were just making them do like a series of grammatical checks on your website, I would still stick by you. But obviously (laughs) there's a line where it might get a bit weird. But, uh, you know, you benefit from my loyalty as well. So I'm not going to throw you under the bus.
1: I've got a copy editing slave in there chained to (laughs) my desk who I just have... She just copy edits the Daily Skeptic all day well, and then writes quite snarky emails to the contributors saying, You put the comma in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, so, what uh, told Toby, is that you're always so
0: calculating yeah. that you were basically are telling me that you would drop me like a hot stone. You're basically saying, like, Aren't you worried, Aren't you worried about being associated with Taylor? What you're really saying there is if Nick Dixon had any accusations, which he wouldn't because he's a totally pure guy, but you would immediately drop me for your career.
1: I'm thinking of dropping you just because Andrew Tate has followed you on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> this might be our last podcast. Um, so, uh, yeah, I want to plug something. So um, the Free Speech Union is hosting a book launch for the Olympian Sharon Davis, the Olympian as well as the brave campaigner for fairness in sport. Um, She's put her head above the parapet. She's said that she doesn't think it's fair, that biological men should should be able to compete against biological women in women's sports. And for that, she's lost a lot of money. She's been attacked. She's been vilified. Brave uh, woman, fantastic athlete. We're hosting her book launch uh, in central London on the 5th of July. And you don't have to be a free speech member. Free Speech Union member to get a ticket. Tickets for non-members are £20 if you're an FSU member. They're £10. You can also buy a ticket to watch it online. It's free for FSU members. It's £5 if you're not an FSU member. Uh, So become a member of the Free Speech Union. Go to freespeechunion.org and click on join. But if you don't want to do that, Buy a ticket to the book launch anyway. It'll be a fantastic party. You get a free glass of wine from a publisher. It'll be full of sound people. I might even persuade Nick to come along if I can. Um, uh, it should be a great evening. Um, and if you want to buy a ticket, go to my Twitter. It's my pinned tweet, at Toadmeister, pinned tweet. Buy a ticket to Sharon Davis's book launch.
0: All right, absolutely go along to that. And of course, while we're here, listen to my other podcast. It's called The Current Thing. And we've had so many great guests. We alluded to the Dominic Frisby one. Well, that was in the advert. That wasn't even me saying that. And we've had Andrew but People are loving that episode on YouTube and on audio. And we've got Lord Frost. We've got Andrew Bridgen, Carl Benjamin, Winston Marshall. A really incredible array of guests. And actually, I almost asked Quasi the other day, Toby. Then I just didn't think of it. And then he was talking to the lady thingy. So I, I missed out because uh, I was just about to ask him. Because actually, he always seems really cool. He was doing GB again. And I... Uh, and Belinda said something. She goes, oh, Well, I hate to say it, but you know, this was done under the Tory government. They were talking about some topic that had come up. I think maybe the schools, the lack of uh, monitoring of the schools. And Quasi uh, to- was saying how mad it was, and she said, Well, it was under the Tory government. And I said, Yeah, quasi. Like that, <laughs> like you know, so we have like a fun banter. And he goes, Look, I'm not even in government anymore. So I, I thought, oh, I should get quasi on the <laughs> podcast. So next, next step, quasi. Marg, we're going all the way, Toby. One day we get Toby Young, but that's the ultimate. That's a long way off. Well, get
1: Boris. Boris one day. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Now he's now he's not doing much. All right. I think that's everything then. Another great episode. Okay. Well, I think that's another it. Another long episode. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Stay skeptical.
1: <laughs> Stay skeptical.